0: I feel honored today to preach on the Holy Ghost I think that the Holy Spirit and I have been friends now for this month 59 years and I'm pretty sure that if you could ask him he would tell you he's carried me a lot more than I've walked how many feel that way that we're very grateful for the presence of the Lord and the power of the Holy Ghost. And so I have some things that I want to share with you today. I think that John, the 14th chapter is one of my favorite chapters in the New Testament uh, because it talks so much about the comforter and peace. And I remember when my father died and I was the age of 12 Uh, struggling with with the loss of him that my mother would uh, read to me the 14th chapter of John and there just seemed to be something soothing about it and I would every so often ask her, will you read me John because it dealt with some wonderful things and so I thought we would start out today in the gospel of John chapter 14 And I want to take us on a journey today through the Word of the Lord and perhaps give you some insight to the presence of God through the Holy Spirit. Um, In the second verse, Jesus says this, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. In verse 28, I'll skip ahead he'll say, you have heard how I've said unto you I am going away. So Jesus begins to try to prepare the disciples because up until this time they don't think he's leaving. They think that when Jesus leaves, they're leaving with him. Because they really believe that Jesus is coming to redeem Israel's kingdom back. So they're not thinking in spiritual terms. They are believing that Jesus is going to lead a revolution in the natural against Rome. And that Israel is going to be set free and they're going to have their land given back to them. And So now Jesus begins to talk to them, and he said, I'm going away. And this is new to them, and they're thinking, you know, we don't want you to leave. And so as the Lord begins to talk to them, and and he had dropped these, these statements throughout his ministry, but it had not really registered with them. And a little later on in this chapter in verse, 16 he says but i'm going to pray to the father that he shall give you another comforter when i read that i realized that jesus is saying i'm going to ask the father to give you another comforter if there's another comforter it means there's already been one and the comforter that had already been there was jesus there was something about being with jesus that gave them such peace there was a subtleness about them and so he's trying to alleviate their anxiety because they're not dealing well with the fact that he's telling them I'm leaving he said I'm going away but he said I want you to know that I'm not going to leave you orphans he said I'm not going to leave you alone but he said I'm going to ask the father that he will give you another comforter. And then he says this about the Holy Spirit because in verse 26, he says, the comforter is the Holy Ghost. So he said, I'm going to ask the Father that he will give you another comforter. And he said, this comforter will abide with you forever. So he's telling them, guys, he said, I'm leaving. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And he said, but the father is going to give you another comforter. And I'm telling you now, he said, he won't ever leave you. He said, you won't have to go through this again. Said, I know that your heart is, has anxiety, the fact that I'm leaving. But he said, the Father is going to send you another comforter. Verse 17, he says, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot see or receive because they don't see him, neither they know him. But he said, you know him, for he dwelleth with you. He said, but he shall be in you. And so they're probably thinking, How do we know him what they did not realize was that the holy spirit was already with them because the holy spirit was already in jesus because if you go back to luke i think the first chapter john the baptist said i saw heaven open and he said the holy spirit like a dove came and settled upon Jesus and it abode with him. And the word abode means it remaineth, it never leaves. And he said, I saw the Holy Spirit come on Jesus, and it never left. And so when Jesus, in fact, you go back to the scriptures, there's a lot of depth here. But Jesus never did anything in ministry until he was baptized with the Holy Ghost. Didn't matter what his pedigree was, whatever. But God sticks to patterns. And Jesus laid his deity down and he came in the form of a man. And now at the age of 30, because a Jew could not enter into priesthood until he was 30. And at the age of 30, when he walked into baptism, the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit came out of heaven and settled on Jesus, filled him up. The scripture says that Jesus was given the spirit without measure. The moment that Jesus is filled with the Holy Ghost, the spirit driveth him into the wilderness. And for the first time in thousands of years, hell comes into combat with the man that he cannot defeat. Amen. The devil has never met anybody like Jesus. Every time he's thrown out a temptation that was tailor-made to them or to their need, man would cave in. But every time the devil hit Jesus with something, the Holy Ghost rose up in him and he would say, It is written, it is written, it is written until the Bible says the devil got wore out and weary and he departed from him. And so while the disciples were in the physical presence of Jesus they were also in the spiritual realm of the Holy Ghost For those of you that struggle with the fact perhaps you come from charismatic background that I would say Holy Ghost the Holy Spirit of the Holy Ghost is listed I believe in the New Testament Think 109 times. 21 of those, it says Holy Spirit. Think 89 times, it says Holy Ghost. Which is really semantics, because it really doesn't matter. Ghost or spirit is just simply the spirit of a departed one. And so... Jesus said this about the Holy Ghost. He says, the Father is going to send him in my name. That he is going to come and he is going to continue advancing what I have already loosed in the earth. And so in John the 14th chapter in verse 12, Jesus said, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. He's now prophesying that when the disciples receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, not only will they be able to duplicate what Jesus has done, he also said this, but not only will you do what you have seen me do, he said, but greater works then these shall ye do. Why? Because he was going to baptize them with the Holy Ghost. When Jesus was on the earth, he was with the disciples, but he was not in them. And so everywhere that Jesus went when his disciples were with him, he was their divine protector. Nowhere in the Scriptures in the New Testament does it ever tell us where in Jesus' ministry when his disciples were with him that the Jews tried to come and get the disciples. It wasn't that they were afraid of the disciples, they were afraid of Jesus. And they knew Jesus was their protector. And so Jesus, he told him, he said, I am your protection. But now he begins to speak to them. He sits down with them. He says, now, fellas, he said, I'm going away. He said, and I need you to go to Jerusalem, and I need you to tarry there until you be endued with power from on high. Why would Jesus tell them that? because he realized that when he leaves, they now have no protection because the Holy Ghost is not yet given and they have not been filled with the Holy Ghost. So when Jesus leaves, they don't have any protection. And he said, you need to hide out until you be clothed with power from on high. So I'm going to go back here in a minute because... Normally, when Jesus does something great, it is something that he is restoring. When we think about the day of Pentecost, we think that it is something new, but in in reality, it is not. Because if you go back to Genesis, the 11th chapter, the Bible says that God looks down from heaven and he sees men building a tower that is going up into heaven. And he, the scripture says this that they were all in one place. And the Bible also says that they all spoke the same language but they were not in unity with God. And God said, if I don't do something because they're in unity and they all speak the same language, there is nothing that they will not be able to accomplish. And so the scripture says that God came down and he reversed what happened at Pentecost. Instead of being in one place, the scripture says he scattered them. And instead of them all speaking the same language, I think it was a God language because when a baby that's born to Chinese parents will not grow up speaking English. A baby that's born to German parents will not grow up speaking English. They will grow up speaking the language that they hear their parents speak. The language that Adam spoke was the language that he heard his father speak. That's why the enemy could not touch him was because he spoke God language. That same language was passed down through the generations. And now the men of the Tower of Babel are speaking a language that came out of the Garden of Eden. That's why it was so powerful. And God said there was nothing that would be restrained from them. So God scatters them. Now you go to the book of Acts. And the Bible says on the day of Pentecost, they were all in one place and in one accord. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and tongues of fire set upon each of them. And they all began to speak in another tongue as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. What was the day of Pentecost? It was the restoring of a heavenly language that they began to talk like God taught. They began to speak like God spoke. No wonder everything begin to be upside down. Amen. So now that the Holy Ghost has been released, it is no longer with them, but it is in them. This actually, God kind of turned the direction on me with this message, but about 10 days ago or so I, God began to talk to me about grieving the Holy Spirit. How many you have ever done that? If the Holy Ghost can never war with your enemy if he's at war with you. He is your defender. But the moment that you and the Holy Spirit come at odds, then the Holy Ghost stops working. He doesn't leave. The word grieve means to cause pain or to make sorrowful. There are four things in the Scriptures that talk to you and I about the Holy Ghost. One that says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. I have done it at times, and immediately I knew. This is why the Bible likens the Holy Spirit to a dove. A dove mates for life. The Holy Ghost doesn't come to visit you. He comes to make his habitation with you. This is why Jesus said, and the Holy Ghost will abide with you forever. Forever. It means it takes up residence. It remains. It does not leave. And so, we're not to grieve the Holy Ghost. I would say this in the modern church today, whether you believe in speaking in tongues or you don't believe in speaking in tongues, the part of the Godhead that is least respected is the Holy Spirit. The second thing the Bible says about the Holy Spirit is not to resist him. It says resist not the Holy Ghost. The third thing that it says is not to quench the Holy Spirit. When you say, what does that mean? That means that there are times the Holy Spirit wants to do something and we say no. I've been in services where you could feel the Spirit of God moving, and there was such a flow, and then somebody would get up because they wanted to make their program continue. A song was sang or a message was preached, but it wasn't what God wanted, and everything stops. The moment the Holy Spirit becomes grieved in us, He stops working. The fourth thing the Bible says about the Holy Ghost, and it's very interesting because it doesn't say it about Jesus. It says, he who speaketh against a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But he who blasphemes the Holy Ghost, this is very strong. It says, it shall never be forgiven him. I do not think that you can blaspheme the Holy Ghost unless you've had the Holy Ghost. I think there are many sinners that have never had the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they speak things against him, but they don't know who he is. But once you know the Holy Spirit, there is is a responsibility to allow that thing in you to begin to be released by the power of God. And so I, I've got a couple verses I want to read to you. First Corinthians, it says this know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. The next verse says, If any man defiles the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. When we this is This is why I try to be so sensitive to the Spirit of God about what I watch, what comes out of my mouth, because you, a lot of people say, well, you know, the Holy Spirit never leaves you, but if I took a clean glass, or I took a dirty glass, and I put clean water in it, would you drink it? We think that the Holy Spirit won't leave if he's in an unclean temple. That's not true. He'll stay there for a while until he realizes we are resisting the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that we're seeing in the church realm right now, and one of the reasons that there is so much resistance against the Holy Ghost, and you've heard me say this, is everybody pretty much believes in God. The Buddhists, the Hindus, it doesn't matter. They all believe in God. The Mormons, the Jehovah Witnesses, all of them believe in God. What makes Christianity different is that we believe in Jesus is the Son of God. Right. And we can accept Jesus Christ into our hearts simply by confessing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And we are saved by a faith. But you can believe in God and be in control. You can believe in Jesus and be in control of your life. But you can't be filled with the Holy Ghost and be in control. The moment the Holy Spirit fills you up, you lose the rights. Just live how you want to live. And it is now the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says the Spirit moves as it listeth. That's why services are so unique. All of a sudden, it'll be tight, and then somebody will release a word or a song, and you feel a shift, and the holy wind of God begins to blow into that place. On the day of Pentecost, there was a shift from natural creation to spiritual creation. And when they were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it is no longer natural men, though they are natural bodies. They have been inhabited by a supernatural force, which is the power of the Holy Ghost. You cannot walk in divine healing without the Holy Spirit. You cannot cast out demons without the Holy Spirit. When you get the Holy Ghost inside of you, this is why God does crazy things things The yard that we live in, we want the church to look classy. We want to be refined. We want the world to come and sit in our midst and feel at home. We want politicians to come and grace our services and singers that aren't saved and that we think, "Wow, look, we're successful." But when I read the book of Acts, when the Holy Ghost initially was given to the disciples, and nowhere until this time does it ever say that the world thought the disciples were strange. But when they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the Bible says that the unbelievers looked at them and said they've got to be drunk. What was going on there was some kind of exhibit of behavior that wasn't normal I don't know what they were doing and I'm not advocating wildfire, but I can tell you this There are times when the Holy Spirit has to be released to do what it wants to do And when God begins to release the power of the Holy Ghost That's why Paul said I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I can tell you this When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, God will do things in you that will make you lose your dignity, will make you lay down your pride, will make you release your spirit because the Holy Ghost does things a different way. We will never change the world until the Holy Spirit changes us. We want to control the Holy Spirit. We want Him to move, but try to do it in a way that doesn't make us look silly. You know, I don't know, a year ago or so, we were up here on the platform in a conference, and there was such a move of the Spirit of the Lord. I hadn't done that in years. And the Lord said, run. Run. I said, I ain't running. Because you look stupid. That's the bottom line. You look stupid. Because generally, you're the only one doing it in the whole building. I don't recall any of you following me. But sometimes the Holy Ghost will test you. Jesus did strange things. See, when we want Jesus to heal a blind man by just coming up and saying, now, Father, we just ask you to restore this man's sight. No, Jesus went up (coughs) and (laughs) went, put mud in his eye and said, now go wash. He does things different. Part of it is the Holy Spirit needs to know, will you be obedient? And, I mean, I've, I've, been, I've seen stuff, I think, that is never going to happen in our church. Some weird things. I mean, guys, you know, doing somersaults, and one fella he takes off running, swings his coat, and does a bat flip into the baptistry. You know, and you see some people, they take off screaming and dancing, and it's like they're having a demonic fit. That isn't the Holy Spirit. All right? The Holy Spirit, when it does it, it feels right. And when on the day of Pentecost, which we are celebrating today, and I was thinking about this, it was two years ago today that we opened back up our church from coronavirus, and I thought what a wonderful time to be able to reflect on what God is doing. The Holy Spirit, when he's in us, it is a spiritual realm, and I can promise you that without the Holy Ghost's power, you are no match for the devil. And in the hour that we live in, this is why I I, every so often we make the appeal to you if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. and, And we do, and I know this, you don't have to have the Holy Ghost to be saved. So please hear me. It's not a matter of salvation. But here's what it is. The Bible says this, it's not by might, and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. The word might means efficiency, wealth, and ability. And somewhere... The Modern Church took the Holy Spirit and stuck him in a back room. I honor my brothers that don 't speak in tongues, but we speak in tongues. But I can tell you this: modern Pentecostals don 't speak in tongues in their churches. Why? Because it looks funny, and so what we do is they we say, well, we just get them we 'll get them." Uh, Accepting Christ, and then we'll get him in the back room, and we'll pray him through the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Can I tell you that it is a gift? On Acts 2.38, when Peter's preaching, he said this, You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It is a gift from the Father to you and I. And every good and perfect gift, James says, cometh down from above. So, number one, it's not something to be shunned. It is something to be received. The Holy Spirit is a gift. But when the Holy Spirit comes, he comes bearing gifts. Because Corinthians says he comes bearing at least nine gifts and those gifts operate in the church for the edification of the saints of the Lord. That's why we need the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge the gift the discerning of spirits, get the gift of prophecy, get the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues, to get the gift of all of these things. Oh, what is that? That is the nature of the Holy Ghost being released in your life by the power. Power of God, and I promise you, when you are full of the power of the Spirit of God, hell will think twice before it comes knocking on your door because greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. Think about it. You have two thirds of the Godhead inside of you. You have Jesus inside of you and you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit inside of you and you're getting ready to be reunited with the Father. That's why Jesus said, the fullness of the Godhead dwelleth bodily in Jesus Christ. Today I loose the power of the Holy Spirit in this building and across the airwaves May the power of God triumph. We make no apologies for this, but abortion would not be in our nation like it is if the church would have embraced the baptism of the Holy Ghost. when we did not have multi-million dollar buildings, and when our pastors did not have PhDs, there was no problem with sexual identity in America, and babies were not being aborted by the millions, and our kids were not committing suicide. You take the Holy Spirit out of the building, you can still have Jesus, but you take the power that is in that place. That's why the Bible said they have the form of godliness. What's that mean? It means they have Jesus. Because the Bible says that Jesus is the image or the form of God. So they have the image of God, but they deny the power thereof. And the power of the Holy Spirit is not drinking strychnine stich- and handling snakes. It's about walking in the authority. When when my son Josh was gay for all those years, he sat with me one day when he was like maybe 14, maybe a little bit older, and he sobbed because we talked about what he was struggling with. And he sobbed and he said, Nobody ever gets set free from this. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, he got set free. I thank God for counseling. I believe in counseling. I thank God for Christian. Psychologists, I believe in them. But you hear me, you cannot counsel a demon. You have to hit it head on with the authority of the Holy Ghost. And when Jesus said, I'm going away, but I'm gonna, my Father's going to send you another comforter who will not just be with you, but he will be in you and he will never leave. He was telling you uh, that you will not be unprotected, uh, but the power of the Holy Spirit uh, that is inside of you uh, will triumph for the power of God. Amen. This is why it is so important to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit that is not broken. say, well, how do I know if I grieve the Holy Ghost? It's called conviction. And the moment, and you know, I've all been there. We've all been there. Immediately, you know, I just messed up. It's not Jesus that convicts us. Jesus said, but the Holy Spirit will come and he will reprove the world, which means he will convict the world of sin. And whenever the Holy Spirit's living in us, he's not visiting, he's living in us. We allow something to come inside of us that makes the Holy Spirit uncomfortable then he could no longer work. And, you know, I was, I was raised a little bit different in my theology that I have now. But uh, Jesus speaks of the Holy Spirit, and he said, and when he comes, lots of Christians don't really think about the Holy Spirit. They think, well, I'll pray to the Father and the Lord Jesus, help me here. But can I tell you that the Holy Ghost is just as important a part of the Godhead as the Father and as Jesus. <clears throat> and in fact, the only part of the Godhead that's in the earth right now is Jesus. Because the Bible says that the Father is in heaven and Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And first Jesus came, went back, now the Holy Ghost has come, hallelujah. And when the rapture takes place, all God's coming back for is the Holy Spirit. And if you happen to have it in you, you're going But if the Holy Spirit is not in you, then there's no reason for the Father to take you back because he is reuniting the Godhead at the rapture. And we shall be caught up forever to be with the Lord. So it boils down to this. There are many people that have embraced the Holy Spirit in their life but they've not nurtured the relationship. And if the Holy Spirit is not comfortable in you, you're not going to walk in power. You're not going to have authority. Because when you have authority, you can bind every spirit, every assignment. And the Holy Spirit also will tell you things you won't hear it with these ears, but there's a quickening and God, the Holy Spirit will begin to warn you of things and quicken things in you. What is that? That's you and the Holy Spirit in unity by the power of God. Amen. And when the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, is released, the book of Acts was the restoration. Mount Sinai was God divorcing Israel, but he wanted to marry Israel at that time. Pentecost was when God married the church, but it was also a new creation of the body of Christ when we received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the men that came out of the upper room were not the same men that went into the upper room. They looked the same, but they were changed by the power of the Holy Ghost. And the same guy that was so intimidated when Jesus was arrested, you know why Peter was intimidated? Because he realized it looked like to him his protector had been defeated. And now he's on his own and he's thinking, they're going to give me two. So he acquiesces. But after he was filled with the power of the Holy Ghost and they arrested him, he said, I don't care what you say, I ought to obey God rather than men. In the hour that we're in, there has to be men and women, and I believe this is what God's doing right now prophetically. There has to be a church that is rising up in this hour that is full of the power of the Holy Spirit that we are not intimidated and that we don't acquiesce and we don't bow down and people say Pastor Kim why do you preach so strong because it is the desire of the Holy Ghost we refuse to make détente taunt and peace with the enemy by the spirit of the Lord hallelujah may God today break this service by the power of the Holy Ghost may the Holy Spirit begin to flow through this building by the spirit of the Lord, uh, may every arm rendence, every harassing spirit be bound uh, in the name of the Lord. Uh, May the Holy Ghost that's inside of you uh, begin to rise up out of you. Loose your prayer language, uh, loose your authority, uh, loose your declaration, uh, loose your dimension in God, uh, and declare that with God all things are possible. If the church doesn't rise to the occasion, we're gonna lose our nation. We don't have protectors. Gasoline should not be $4.50 in the United States, in this this state, when it was $2 two years ago. There are other things it should not be, but they have been turned. It is going to take the church in the spirit realm. God, give us some men and women that are blood-bought and are bold in the Holy Ghost to begin to accept and declare that, God, we will not bow down. Down the enemy is pushing christians in this hour pushing us in this nation pushing the church uh, saying give in and acquiesce no sir we say as the three hebrew children we will not bow down though you put us in the fiery furnace we will not bow down god give me some believers in this house uh, and have the holy ghost in them uh, that are not ashamed uh, of the gospel of jesus christ Come here today just to have a little service. We came together by the power of the Holy Ghost uh, to pull down the strongholds uh, of the enemy. Uh, Let loose uh, out of your spirit uh, the power of God. We can either wake up one morning and find out on Fox News that laws have been passed, that we can't do this anymore or else we can stand by the power of the Spirit and begin to declare in the dimension of the Spirit realm, these things shall not be. The greatest mistake that the church has made in the last few years is we have went back to natural weapons For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We can put that in layman's terms. For we are not wrestling against Hillary Clinton, Obama, or Joe Biden, or Nancy Pelosi. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. But the weapons of our warfare are not natural weapons. Mr. Slater, I hope that you get voted in by a landslide. But I can tell you this. We can find out tomorrow that the election's been changed and President Trump assumes office. But I can tell you this it won't make that big a difference until the church stops grieving the Holy Ghost. Sunday, Hallelujah. And that the Holy Spirit begins to get its rightful honor that it should have in the house of the Lord. Oh, may God loose the power of the Holy Ghost. May you pursue the Spirit of the Lord. I spend a lot of my prayer time pursuing the Spirit of God. I declare Holy Ghost, overshadow me. Come out of my belly as a river of living water. May the Holy Spirit fill you up today that You are so full of the power of God that you reverse what the enemy has done against you. You just keep standing with me because I'm basically done. The only, I can't emphasize this enough. God birthed the church at Pentecost. He put them back in one place in the heavenlies because the scripture says in Ephesians that you and I now sit with Christ in heavenly places. So we're in one place. He gave us back one language the language of the Spirit. And when you go back to Acts, it says that there were devout men from every nation in the earth that heard them speaking. And they said, how is it we hear men who have not learned our language speaking our own language, giving praise unto God? It was the Holy Spirit that was speaking through each and every one of them to the nations that were represented at that time in the earth. What God wants to do in this hour <clears throat> is go back and fulfill. Doesn't right, the scripture say before Jesus comes back, the gospel shall be preached to all nations. And then he said, This, I give you the nations as your inheritance. I feel as if we are thinking too small. Right. Hallelujah. We're thinking, how do we take the city? When there are other men and women that are thinking, how do I take the nation? And then there are others that are thinking, how do we take the earth? May God release, hallelujah, out of this building. Not just in Nashville, not just in Tennessee, not just in the United States and America, but may God get a hold of Germany. May He get a hold of Sweden, Indonesia, Saudi Arabia, Australia, India, hallelujah, and Europe. May God begin a release out of our belly today. Uh, may we release a river of living water that releases the glory of the Lord. Thanks for tuning in. For more information about KCM International or Regeneration Nashville, go to KentChristmas.org or RegenerationNashville.org. And for the latest updates or videos, follow us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. God bless you.